Has South Africa's state security agency been hacked? We ask Nyan Kudabarnot, who sits on the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence. She is a member of the Democratic Alliance. Welcome, Dan. Hello to you. I believe you've sent a raft of questions to the minister. Please tell us what sparked your inquiry. Well, yet again, as a member of the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence, I, uh, as well as the rest of the team, have all been completely kept in the dark. Um, we've had to find about this threat via the media and and uh, and an additional issue about clearance via the media. Now, at the last two meetings of, of uh, the last term, they were cancelled. Um, and it was about then that this this revelation uh, was was seemed to have been known about uh, within the ranks, and uh, and now I'm told that that the committees for this week have also just been summarily cancelled, cancelled, and of course it's not a committee in which one can pick up the phone and discuss these issues. It's all got to be done in a secure building, um, no notes, no laptops, no phones, nothing. It is 100% secure, and, and it never leaks from that, that building. So I'm finding myself asking, are we moving back to a state where the frustrations from within are so enormous that the leaks to the newspapers have begun all over again? Because there was a time, perhaps a year ago, when uh, Nanakia weekend went by, when there weren't spy versus spy accusations uh, in the papers. So this claim is that South Africa and the state security agency thinks it's been hacked, and it says it claims by, uh, by they think, someone thinks, by Britain and the US, um, and that sensitive information has been accessed. Uh, that's reported in the papers, and immediately I'm, I'm asking myself, well, you know, there are many reasons why such information would be leaked to the media. Uh, not the least of which could be to play politics and deepen the divide between uh, those two countries and the BRICS countries. Um, obviously, as you said, I've put through a full raft of questions to the minister to ascertain the truth, but do, you do have to understand that once those answers are handed to me, they're handed to me in the secure room and building, and uh, those conversations then are all top secret. Um, the claim in a video allegedly leaked to the newspapers, additionally claims that, that Russia and India were also targets um, and that this this all happened shortly before the BRICS summit. So we had this bizarre situation of not knowing if it indeed happened, not knowing uh, exactly when it happened, if it happened. And uh, um, it's also claimed that a, that a top official was immediately... Um, forced to resign over this matter, but there's no mention of whether or not he was arrested. Now, to my mind, this would be linked to and classified as treason if there was a person inside who was involved. Um, additionally, it's claimed he's not, in fact, in charge of the cyber unit where the issue was. So that obviously all needs a great deal more digging. Um, I have never known a disciplinary matter be resolved in a matter of weeks. Usually we're talking a matter of years, frankly. Um, they never hit the deadlines. So it, it's it's all very curious. Of course, any breach could put our 
assets at risk could put our country at risk. Um, but it, it does strike me that um, the moment the con- this country decided to join Russia, China, India, and Brazil, the interest of the rest of the world was piqued. And so there was inevitably the threat of infiltration there. I mean, surely the experts in the field knew that. They all know that. They all play the same game. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 one has to ask how, how lax our systems are that some outside entity was able to hack them. I think that is the million-dollar question. Um, how bad are things uh, that 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 someone else in another country or elsewhere could could hack into them? Would they need inside help, or can they do that without cooperation from an asylum on the inside? Yeah, I, I'm of the belief that that the the cyber world is so far advanced to to the knowledge within the average country um, that they could they can come in and they can uh, listen to you on your own telephone via your own telephone um, there are some people who insist on not only switching the phone off but taking the battery out and leaving it in another room um, that's how paranoid some people are so there are things that can be done technologically that very few people seem to know about or be an expert in. So I can't answer you whether someone could hack a system um, from another continent. It's quite possible that the experts can. But surely, surely, in the hundreds of millions that this country pays for security, we have experts who know to how to counter those sorts of threats. Is that not the whole aim of the system? So... Yeah, I, I would be deeply disappointed if this had happened and deeply disappointed in the so-called expertise they have within uh, if indeed it had happened. And of course, there's always the possibility that this story has been leaked out there to search out and seek out another outcome altogether, which has nothing to do with anything being bugged at any stage. Now, if emails, internal emails between spooks and chats on Telegram were intercepted, what would the consequences of that be? I don't know. Um, What is being shared on those emails? Why are people using email um, when there are secure entities? WhatsApp is almost impossible to crack. Um, Why would they be using normal email? And if they are using normal email, is it something that doesn't matter if anybody sees it anyway? I don't know. These are all questions that will have to be asked within the committee of the various heads of various divisions. Um, but it, it just it just seems to me that this is uh, somehow someone sowing discord within just in time for the BRIC summit. So any of the scenarios are possible. It's uh, very curious that anybody would use an entity for communication that can be hacked. Why would they do that? That is not what anyone is trained to do within these systems. So, no, I find it, I find it very curious. I, I, I'm questioning the veracity of the entire claim, and I think one has to. I, I take nothing at face value. Uh, I just don't see that that is uh, productive at all. That being said, how confident are you that South Africa can keep its secrets safe from foreign intelligence agencies and international criminal syndicates with access on high-level 
cyber? Yeah, look, I, I think it, we're looking at two different types of entities here. Um, politically and internationally speaking in terms of, of political entities and and countries, um, everybody seems always to be very aware of who they should be wary of who should they who they should leak information to it just seems to go from from one country to the next and it's really quite an amicable situation um but of course you know the the issues have to be how far are we ahead or behind in terms of technology that's what it's all about in this day and age it's the technology and the expertise and it's very hard to keep expertise in any entity, such as in the SAPS cybercrime unit. The moment you have a fantastic expert, they are stolen by some private firm somewhere, earning 10 times the amount they were earning within the SAPS. And I'm sure that goes to any entity that that relates, the salaries relate to government determinations. So those are the sorts of issues, um, not only those, but of course, you know, everyone's tightening up their belts. And so obtaining and staying on top of technology, which is redundant within 12 months, uh, is a huge ask, a huge ask for any budget in the world. So lots of issues that could happen. And as I say, until I hear from the people within um, about what actually happened and what actually the claims are being made, are they? is there any veracity, is there anything? behind them. Is it true? Was it true? What's happening? And what have you done about it diplomatically? Um, it's it's all a guessing game as far as uh, what I'm saying is concerned. Lastly, may we, may we talk about security clearances for people mm-hmm. in very sensitive positions? There have been issues of date. Well, yes, this is, this is the other big uh, breaking story in the headlines. Um, apparently, and the claim is, and I don't doubt it for a moment, that the security clearance of uh, the new head of crime intelligence um, was fast-tracked, and he received that clearance within five days. Now, that, to someone not in the know, you may say, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, actually, it's a lot more than that, because for, say, an MP, it can take six months, eight months to get clearance, and uh, the lie detector test, you have to go through, jump through 100 hoops to get your clearance. Now, there are some people who, who don't ever get clearance. We've had the National Police Commissioner uh, appointed a very long time ago, and he's never had clearance until a few days ago. Um, there were many, many issues around that, and they would not give him clearance until certain things had been clarified and cleared up and cleaned up. Now, you tell me, how the head of crime intelligence has managed to get his clearance fast-tracked. And how do you fast-track something like that? Do you threaten people? Do you um, force people to give it to you? I don't know. Was he at all involved? Was someone else trying to get him clearance in a hurry? I don't know. That too, is it, it's ringing all sorts of bells in my head. I have not been happy with crime intelligence since uh, General Jacobs was suddenly booted out uh, just before the July riots two years ago, literally a week before, and never to be seen again, dumped in some other entity within the SAPS. Now, um, 
we we have now at last uh, a new head, but for him not <laughs> to go through the same processes as everybody else, if that is indeed what happened, is most curious, most curious. It does not augur well at all. Um, you know, they go through background checks, uh, on-the-ground uh, investigations, they interview the references. They look at the banking. It's it's a massive exercise, complete financial history, seeing if they've ever been paid by somebody strange, if they pay people, if they're under any financial threat of any description. It is a really, truly massive and very invasive exercise. I, I cannot, for the life of me, imagine how that could have been done within five days. Um, there are claims in this article that he owns a spaza shop, which he did not declare. Of course, that's a massive issue. The spaza shops are linked to many strange things, including international crime uh, in many an instance. So that in itself is a red flag. So you tell me how he was given clearance. There are lots of claims about his links to to all sorts of entities that, that have huge question marks above them. Um, so let's see what the Inspector General comes out with. He has It says there he's already made draft findings. So let's see what he comes up with because he's the final arbiter of looking at items which we may not by law look at. Um, but he's the investigator and he has access to anything and everything within. So let's see what he comes up with. Um, we may well find that, in fact, he does not have clearance and that they have to start again. Um, so uh, apparently the spokesperson advocate Govender has confirmed that this matter is ongoing as such as I laid it out. So again, a most peculiar situation going on. Um, really, uh, it, it just it has me shaking my head. Um, to think that we have these two major issues, two major, major issues, and last term we didn't finish the term, and this term we haven't even started the term because the meetings scheduled for this week have been cancelled. What on earth is going on? Frankly, your guess is as good as mine. Thank you. That was Diane Kula-Barnard speaking to business about spies, hackers, security clearances, and other questions that don't seem to have any answers right now. Thank you, Diane.